Hello, Colleen. Hey, Aaron. What a pleasure to be back on the mic with you. I'm back on the mic. Same mic, different location, different background. But fortunately, this is an audio podcast and nobody can see me. So it's good to be back. <laughs> yes, you have a door behind you instead of your usual, very gorgeous, um, curated office. I know. And there are no lights in this room that I can control by pushing a button on my desk. And so I feel very out of my element. I have to walk over like a pedestrian and turn on a light switch. It's very embarrassing. Oh my goodness. Just the can, worst. Can you imagine? <laughs> Just the worst. So we haven't chatted in a while because you have been doing a world tour. Or I a have. United States tour. Tell us United about States your adventures. is the world, first of all. <laughs> so yes, I have been doing a world tour. Texas man leaves Texas, discovers better weather. Um, yeah, so it's it's been a minute. And I think the first thing that happened was I went to Laracon. It was my first in-person Laracon. And I was the MC, And I gave that's, a talk. That's amazing. Wait, so this was your first in-person Laracon, mm -hmm. and you were the MC. Yep. Bingo. <laughs> I love that. That's that amazing? amazing. That's amazing. Just like the power of asking. I mean, it's after one of my Laracon, so I did two, I think two Laracon online talks. And after each one, they both went really well. And after each one, I just DM'd Taylor and was like, hey, if you ever bring back Laracon in person, I would like to be considered for MC. And both times he was like, sure, sounds cool. And then Laracon in person finally came around and it was like, all right, you're the MC. It's like, hey, that worked. Like, it's okay to just ask for things. And that actually worked. And so it was super fun. It was a freaking blast. That's awesome. Were you nervous? Yeah, I was. Um, I, I wasn't really nervous about, like, I don't really get super nervous on stage, um, except when the Wi-Fi doesn't work and our demo fails and we have to come up with an hour of content. <laughs> good um, times. But even then, um, I don't really get super nervous on stage. I feel pretty good on my feet. I was a little bit nervous because I didn't know exactly what my duties were going to be as as the MC, right? So I didn't know like how much vamping am I going to have to do? Like, am I going to have to get up there and do a little bit of, you know, a little bit of like stand up? Because if so, I would like to prepare some material. Um, and so that that's what I was most nervous about. But I think like I just kind of took over because the, the AV crew was amazing. The event organizers were amazing. And Taylor was just like, yeah, you're you're the MC. Like you can figure it out. And so I felt empowered to just kind of decide which is really nice um and so what i decided was all right i'm gonna lean heavy into like the hype man and i'm gonna prepare you know speaker intros that actually are more than just like our next speaker is this person and this is the topic so i prepared you know i prepared some speaker intros and tried to get the crowd hyped and then after each speaker i had prepared a question and so then I would meet the speaker on stage and ask, do a little Q&A that was kind of like a little bit back and forth, trying to, you know, give them a softball, but give them something interesting. And while that was happening, they were switching out laptops, and then I would go straight into the next speaker intro. And so there was never any dead air, like there was never any, you know, empty stage time. And there was never really any time that I just had to like, hey, so how's everybody doing out there? So which that, after I figured that out, I was like, all right, I, I, I have a pattern. I know what I need to do. I can just go out there and kind of execute. So yeah, it was fine. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. And you got to um, give the talk. 
I gave a talk. So I got to I got to shut it down, which was fun. I gave I gave the very last talk of the conference. So it was a two day single track conference, and I gave the the last talk. Um, and I got to reprise the um, <laughs> the fabled GitHub Universe talk. Um, this time to an audience and not a bunch of empty chairs. So. That was really, really nice. It, in a couple ways, the cheesiest way is I didn't have to prepare anything. Like, it's, it's like, yeah, I didn't have to, like... I did practice a few more times because um, I added a little bit of content and changed a little bit. And then, of course, like, every time I give a talk, I feel like this is a big deal and I need to take it seriously. And so I, I practiced probably all the way through four or five times again. But I didn't have to write anything new. And as you know, writing a new talk is is a full-time job in itself. Um, so that was, that was nice. But more importantly, I got to give the talk to people <laughs> instead of part. nobody. Um, and you know what? It went really, really well. I think it totally landed. Um, yeah, I felt, I felt like I did an incredible job and then I went out to mingle, you know, during the happy hour after. And I, I think other people thought I did a good job, which is, you know, a super nice feeling. I think one of the the coolest things is people kept saying, like, I felt like you were talking directly to me. It's like, oh, that's good. That means it worked. Like, that means I kind of knew the audience. So it was good. That's awesome. Is this the first time you've given that talk since the GitHub flop? Not that it was not that you flopped, just that there was no one there to see you. Uh, uh, you're, you're generous <laughs> calling it a flop. I would have gone with disaster or nightmare. Um, I gave it at Laracon EU. Oh, that's um, right. And it went well. It went yeah. well. But one, that video was never released. So it was a little bit uh, of a less, a little bit of a smaller splash. And two, um, at, at Laracon EU, I did not talk um, publicly about the GitHub failure. Um, okay. At Laracon US, I did. And I think that was a big, I think that was a big addition to the content of the talk, frankly. Oh, I totally agree. It was funny hearing you. So I watched your talk online. Mm -hmm. um, it came out really quickly, like the next oh, week. Like the next week. It was incredible. I've never seen a conference turn videos around like that. And it's awesome because everyone's still kind of hyped about the conference instead of like, you know, when I've given talks, they're like yes. four months later. You're like, I don't even remember what this is about. Mm -hmm. um, but it was fun. It was funny that you did retell some of the GitHub stuff. Because I remember when you were giving that talk the same day and you had told me it was going to be live streamed. So I'm looking on the GitHub Universe website trying to find the live stream of your talk and it wasn't there. It wasn't there. It wasn't Embarrassingly, there. it wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you were there for you were there for all of it. Uh, it was so GitHub, fun. You, you saw everything. Yeah, everything. It was so fun um, for me to hear that talk because I feel like that really really like the timeline of that all kind of aligned when we started working together mm -hmm. so we started working together and then all those things started to happen and i still mm -hmm. remember the very first talk you gave i think on sidecar yeah that was totally. virtual and that was like mm -hmm. the very first one and then and then things started to pick up um and so it was really fun for me to listen to that talk because mm -hmm. i was like oh i remember i remember that i remember that and then i was like huh We've been doing this for a while, huh? Because I remember oh boy, all we've been of together these. for a long time now. We really have. Yeah. Sometimes I forget, and I was like, "Huh, that was a couple of years ago." A couple of years. Mm -hmm. ago. Yep, that really puts it in perspective, doesn't it? So while you were busy wowing the crowd in Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee. All right. Well, I was busy talking to potential customers. 
And man, I wish you could sit on some of these calls because the energy and excitement around what we're building feels palpable. I wish I could sit on these calls too, to be to be <laughs> honest with you, because working in the salt mines is not quite, <laughs> yeah. the energy is not palpable down there. Um, yeah. So please transfer energy to me. What what What's going on? It just, I just keep getting on these calls with people and they keep feeding this pain back to us. I mean, it just feels like it consistently is happening where people's customers need access to their data. And I can't, it's been a while since we recorded, so I can't remember like which calls specifically I've talked about. But one interesting use case of someone I talked about was, I'm sorry, someone I spoke with was his customers have their own data scientists. So they literally just want the data. And I was like, this is kind of our ideal use case where, again, they don't want visual renderings of anything. Like they just want their own data for whatever um, magic those data scientists want to whip up. That's interesting. I have not heard of that one. You usually, okay, good. So I probably usually, didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, you keep me updated on most, but you try to spare me gory details. That is an interesting one, that they have their own data scientists. So does this does this company have a few big customers? Surely it's not like mm-hmm. a generalized yep. SaaS. They're using Metabase right now. Okay. Um, and the UI is not as flexible or, um, I mean, it really doesn't look as nice, uh, but it's really not also not as flexible as his customers need. And so he has a few like really big customers that have the data scientists that are trying to analyze their own data. And this might be, you know, I've been playing around in the data science world a little bit, and it's like the fastest growing career field or something mm. crazy like that. And I think we're going to see more and more of this where people just want, the customers want their data so their data people can do their data people things. Right. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, that seems like a perfect fit for us. So I was, I was pretty excited about that as well. Yeah. It just seems like, you know, this is a problem and people want to pay to solve it and they're already paying to solve it. And they're not super jazzed about the solutions they have right now. Mm -hmm. That is wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. Does it feel, does it feel different than the refine, uh, calls that we had early on? It does, but if you ask me to put my finger on it, so something I'm very aware of Could on these... you put your finger on it? <laughs> <laughs> something I'm very aware of in these early calls is my natural optimism and enthusiasm. I don't want that to cloud my judgment in terms which is of... Why, which is why you played downbeat Colleen on that one <laughs> call that I was on, I and I was like, girl, you got you to gotta snap out of it. <laughs> I know, right? super serious (laughs) (laughs) oh man i think being aware of it has really helped me be like okay with refine i was just so excited that anyone wanted the thing Mm -hmm. that we didn't ask a lot of like probing questions um and we didn't really realize we really too with refine i feel like we didn't realize the challenge the integration hurdles we were going to come up against And so to me, this does feel different. It feels different because a lot of early Refine users were, um, this is a good way to say it, I think. Because it was a package, Mm -hmm. a lot of early Refine users were hobbyists Mm -hmm. who love tech, who Mm -hmm. are early adopters and could see the value in Refine. And I super appreciate all of that. But I think because of the way it was packaged, it was more attractive to your kind of purist developers Mm -hmm. who really wanted to get their hands on it to play with it. And so this seems different in that 
there's no fun tech here for you. You just do it. <laughs> like, there's no, that, like, I want to see how this works. <laughs> that actually, the last thing you said feels like the key differentiator. There's no fun, there's no fun tech here. If you're interested in this, it's because you're trying to solve the problem, not because you think it's a neat exercise that you want to play with. Yeah, I can see that. That feels super different. Yep. So I am getting on the calls with people who want to solve this problem. They want to solve it from their customer's perspective. They want to solve it well, and they're very business focused. So they do not have the time, energy, or resources to solve it themselves, or they're mm -hmm. using another product that is more expensive or just kind of a pain. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I don't want to, I mean, I am still so grateful to our early refined customers and like people, and that could have been a thing. It just wasn't the right thing for us at the right time. So yeah, it totally could have could have been a thing. Um, you have also been, you have like a live version of the product running against yeah. your simple file upload database. So you're actually dog fooding the thing. Oh man. So, and this yeah. is so great because <laughs> I, I pay for Metabase. So this, yeah, Aaron, right. I'm so excited about this because I use Metabase and I pay for Metabase. And so, um, Having the actual product on my database, Simple File Upload, has been really, really interesting because immediately there were things I think I've told you about that I was like, oh, I need a, I need a little bit of aggregation here. Like if mm -hmm. I do a filter, I, I need to know how many users are returned. Right. Um, and we've talked about that. And that was kind of something we, we didn't have in our initial prototype. Um, so it's been great to quickly and easily see those kinds of things. I think... What I am seeing, and I use Metabase, what's going to be so interesting for us going forward is if we add charts later or not. I, I told someone, who did I tell? I don't remember if I was describing it to someone. Oh, yeah, it was at, I was at a tiny seed meetup yesterday. And I was describing it to someone and I said, well, our joking H1 is your customers don't really want charts and graphs. They just want their data. It's mm -hmm. a great so, H1. I know, right? <laughs> Once we're successful, we can, yeah. we can put that up. But, you know, I was explaining it to someone and, and I said, we're approaching this in a very opinionated way. And our opinion, based on all of these conversations and working with customers ourselves, is that you think they want charts and really that's not what they're trying to figure out. And so this has been a fun experiment for me because in Metabase, I use a lot of the charting. Like I have a chart mm. of users who've signed up by week. I have users who have canceled mm. by week. Um and then ours, you know, our product doesn't you offer don't. charts. Yeah. yeah. And so far I have found, and this is true, this is not just because it's my own product, I like our product better because oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, because the filtering capability is so much more powerful. Good. Yes. Like, Good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't toot my own horn a lot but we build some good filters man like we really do I still feel really proud of that I, I totally agree and even if you look at even some of the stuff we do like if I'm in Metabase and let's say I want to get the number all of the users that have signed up in the last month mm -hmm. and so I can build it's it's kind of first of all it's clunky like I've got to open another UI on the right. side I've got to click through it, it feels very like cumbersome even to build the no filter. No taste. Metabase has no taste. <laughs> okay, I'm okay not... saying it. They got no taste. <laughs> That's what and you're so... trying to say. <laughs> and uh, you have to build the filter. And then even what it shows you, like the way it shows you 
the index I call I'm going to call it an index view but like the table mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just it's just ho- ugly and hard to work with and I can't like get the data I need because I have a hundred columns and I can't turn them yep. off and it's just like ugh. you need you need somebody with with taste and opinions and you know what for all that we're lacking, we've got a lot of opinions. <laughs> we have a lot of opinions. That's for dang sure. Maybe Metabase <laughs> has more money or more customers, oh. but we've got more opinions. Yeah. So it's been super fun being able to run the two things side by side and see what I reach for when I need to answer a question. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's really valuable, actually. Because if yeah. you have to bail from Hello Query to go back to Metabase, that's a good note. Like, that's a good thing to to mark down. Yeah. And the biggest thing, as I told you, was just aggregations. Like, I yeah. want to know quickly how many users signed up last month. And right. we don't and, – and this is an easy thing we're going to add by the time we, we launch in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. But um, stuff like that I found was the biggest – the biggest thing that I was like, ooh, I really need this final number or I really mm-hmm. need to see, you know, X, Y, Z. So it's been good. It's been really fun to play with um, and, and kind of see, see it in yeah. real life. Yeah, it was a, um, my, my, I think my promise to you was before I left for Nashville, I was going to get you an embed. And I think like Saturday night, I sent you an embed and I was leaving on Sunday or something, but I was like, hey, sure did. it's done. I got it. <laughs> Here you go. And I was very very happy that i like got that done and to you and now we've got a whole you know we've got a whole linear board of of stuff that like some really easy and some are just big things we knew were missing um we've got a whole board full of stuff that we can like burn down basically so it's really nice to have you know have this feedback because i've been working in a cave for 1000 years but now you're using it and we can work together on it which is super yeah, I thought it was super valuable that you and I were able to sit down and start to define, like clearly define what needs to be done for a V1. I think before this, before we um, had that embed done, I had just kind of been like, hey, go make a thing. Make it right. mostly look like this. And this is what people are telling me. But we didn't have like a very clear set of requirements, which I think in a lot of part was to give us some room for creativity right. and flexibility. But now that, you know, I've had all these calls and we have a physical piece of software that I can play with, it was really nice to be able to find those um, benchmarks to get this thing shipped. I know. So do you want to talk linear or do you want to talk timeline? Which one do you want to talk first? Let's talk timeline. Let's talk timeline. What's our timeline, Colleen? So the plan is to have a V1 ready to onboard our first customer in four weeks. And then Aaron had a heart attack. It's okay. I already knew that timeline. Um, Yeah. So early slash first of September, we should have um, the embed. So we were kind of thinking of the app as two separate pieces. One is the embed and one is the admin. Is that what we call the other one? Yeah. That's kind of what we're calling it. Yeah. so the embed is like done and usable, needs a few tweaks, whatever. The admin, you know, the backend admin part um, needs a lot of help because um, I've just kind of been I've just kind of been doing some throwing it in the database for your setup. Um, there is a backend; it's just not finished yet. And so I think those are the two those are the two areas, and the backend needs a lot more love than the embed. Um, and yeah, the goal is to ship both of those to someone who is going to pay us money um, the first week of September. Yes. I am so excited to get this in front of customers. I mean, we have been wandering in the water on this product for like two and a half years. Yeah, which 
in in startup time is 40 years in the desert. We 100%. we are Moses in the desert. A little Bible reference there for all the the diehard fans. Yeah, we are wandering. Um, but I think we're close. I think we're close. I, I mean, again, I wish you could sit on some of these calls and see how people are like, this is what I need. I mean, even and I'm even aggressively qualifying people mm-hmm. now. I'm like, yeah, we're not going to do that. If they're like, do I get charts? I'm like, nope. I mean, I'm nicer, but I'm kind of like, no, we don't think you really need charts. And like every person I have said that to, except one was like, yeah, you're probably right. Amazing. (laughs) Just truly incredible. And people are like, hey, can I, you know, make the table look like this? I'm like, no, this is just what it looks like. The table is good. You will like the table. (laughs) You will like the table. Give it it a minute. The table is good. (laughs) The table is good. Um, So I am just so excited. I mean, I feel like the train is going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. We are, you know, we're teeing things up for a good soft launch to get a couple customers in there. And then we're just going to learn, right? We're just going to learn really quickly. Like what do people need? Um, This is always a challenge. I think with, with early sales Mm -hmm. is super excited that people are excited and people want us to win and we want to win. And so there's a lot of alignment here, but ultimately like it has to provide quite a lot of value, especially since our price point is going to be I'm going to say high, but it's funny. It feels high to us, but mm-hmm. like to a normal business person, it's not high. And so, you know, we have to really be providing that value. And it's possible we get it in people's apps and their customers aren't exporting data. And they're like, oh, maybe we don't mm-hmm. need this as much as we thought. So there's obviously a huge amount of risk still, but I feel really good about the path that we're on. And like, I'm going to start lining people up. Actually, yeah, I'll start lining people up. I think maybe, how many people do you want to start with? Just like one a week? Maybe like yeah. do... Th- I think I I identified five people to be in our initial founding customer group. And so I feel like one a week is probably the right cadence. Ideally, I don't want to learn the same thing from two different people. So I don't want to do like three the first week and them all be like, hey, this button doesn't work. Right. So that would be good. That's what I'm thinking. And I'd like to kind of get people... Like before the holidays and everyone's like, yeah, I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. um, before before Thanksgiving, it'd be nice to kind of have a good a good set of people trying it out and, and using it in production. And, and we can see what people need and where the holes are. Oh, are you going to we're not going to have time to set up billing and stuff on this four week timeline. We're we just going to do that manually for now. Do you think about um, that? Or is that I guess Stripe checkout's pretty easy these days. Stripe checkout is pretty easy these days. Um, yeah, we can we can Figure decide. Yeah, there's a pretty so the back end or the admin is all Laravel and there's a great first party package for integration with Stripe called Cashier. Um, oh, okay. So we could do that or we could just we could just YOLO it and send the checkout link and be like, Hey, you're early. We built the important stuff and not the billing, so Yeah. Here. That feels um, like a we'll figure that out a couple days before. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. Um so how are you feeling about this this four week timeline? Um, you know, it's I'm glad we're getting some help. Yeah. Well, that's big news. We hired yeah. someone. Yay. Yeah, we're getting some help. Um so there's somebody that I know in the Laravel community who is just a ruthless builder um and just churns stuff out and we're going to have him we're going to have him help me out. Um and I feel good about that. Um I feel like it's doable. I feel like it's doable. Okay. And especially with him, I feel like it's totally doable. Um yeah, I think we're going to make it and I think once once it's in the hands of people, I will hopefully get a little bit of that endorphin rush that you've been getting. Um, yes, momentum. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know sitting here all day 
working and then you're having these calls with people being like, it's amazing. And I'm like doing my day job, which, you know, is great, but doesn't provide me endorphins of, you know, people telling me this stuff I do is amazing. Um, yeah. And then, you know, go do nighttime stuff and then get back to work. And so it'll be nice to like get that kind of direct feedback from people. I think that will energize me. Um, cause I feel, I do feel like the, the, uh, the energy meter is running is running low. Um, yeah, which is fine because the you know we're getting close to a big milestone anyway, and I think that's how it goes. But yep, I think so. That sounds about right. So feel like it's totally doable. Glad we're getting help. Glad we're getting this guy specifically to help, um, and excited to like get it in people's hands. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else? I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I've been writing a lot of content, mm-hmm. which has been. Man, writing. Yeah. Sheesh. Right? <laughs> you write a lot for your job. Lot, yeah. Oh, man. Um, so, you know, I wrote 2,000 words about Tableau and 2,000 words about the founding story of Hello Query. Yeah. Which was all amazing. All interesting. Um, so, I think it's been really good for me to exercise that muscle because mm-hmm. it's just not something I do. Mm hmm. And so it definitely has been good, but I was surprised at how I was like, wow, this is, this is hard. It is hard. Okay. This Just is kind of hard. Wait till you start trying to do videos. You should do videos next. Whew. Yeah. Videos next. You, you that sounds like a whole, on video. whole nother level. Like you a whole nother level. <laughs> oh man. We should talk about it. You would totally kill on video. Video. Um, yeah. You have been writing a lot. That's going to serve us really well. I think. Yeah. I um I think so. And so that's been that's been kind of fun and it's also good I think, you know, as we build this business together, it's good to have a large cross section of skills. Mm-hmm. And I think we both do really well at something did I tell you this publicly or privately? I don't remember. But something I really like about I don't know <laughs> like, yet. Keep going. We're still recording. We still recording. Yeah, we're definitely still recording. <laughs> so something I really like about you, Aaron, is you take on new challenges with gusto. And something I see a lot in developers, and this is the reason I think a lot of developers don't cross over to be startup founders very well, is because we have a hierarchy in our mind about how important something is. Mm. And so if it's not real tech, like it's making screencasts, we think that's not as important. I am not going to devote, yes, that's soft skills. Mm -hmm. So I am not going to devote as much time, energy, and attention to that thing as I would if I were writing code. And I think what you're doing with like your screencast course is a perfect example of you're like, I'm making all these screencasts. And then you're like, how do I become the best Mm -hmm. at making screencasts, (laughs) right? Yeah. And I think that is a skill a lot of people, or maybe it's just an excitement or an energy level a lot of people don't bring to their jobs. They say, this is my job. This is the thing I do. I do it well, and and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And so, yeah. Anyway, I I just think it's very admirable how when you take on these new challenges, you're like, this is totally outside my area of expertise. It's not. It's a soft skill. Soft skill. Mm -hmm. Air quotes. Um, But I'm still going to treat it with the same level of intensity I would treat a air quotes again real programming problem. Well, I'm just gonna ride. I'm just gonna ride that high through the whole weekend. <laughs> I, that's amazing. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, well, yeah, yeah. I think it's funny because I feel like a lot of developers are self-taught, and so they like they taught themselves how to get to where they are in the first place, and then there are all these other skills that can like 
magnify your development skills and they're just like, nah, I'm just going to not learn those. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like I ended up here because I was interested in development and taught myself how to do that. And there are other things that are interesting. Um, and it is it is really fun to be like, this thing that I want to do is learnable. So I'm going to lean in and learn how to do it. That's That's enjoyable. And I hope that my kids do the same thing. I would love for them to like learning. That would be amazing. Yeah. I was thinking about that when I was writing this Hello Query article because it was, it's like super long. I mean, for someone who doesn't write, it's like 2000 words or something. It's like multiple pages. And I was like, wow, in no point in my life have I really had, I don't blog. um, So I've never like tried to write a story that is entertaining and first person. Mm. At first I was going to blow it off. Because I was mm-hmm. like, I don't have time for that. That seems like a waste of time. And then I remembered that <laughs> backlinks are good. SEO is backlinks good. Backlinks are good. <laughs> and their big, their big, um, you know, carrot and stick with with this company, Starter Story, is that they have great domain authority and they have great SEO yeah. and they have a huge mailing list. And so I was like, okay, it is worth my time to get backlinks and an article from this site back to us because my job right now is to increase our visibility. And then I was still kind of like, eh, how much time should I really spend on this thing? And then like I paused and I was like, if I'm going to do it, like I should actually spend time on it. And I shouldn't, like I got, it was so long. I got like halfway through and I was like, oh my gosh, it keeps going. There's more questions. <laughs> Good gracious. Um, and I thought of like, I thought of that. I was like, okay, so this is not a skill that I do or really know how to do. And the only way to get better at these kinds of things is to practice. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying it's an amazing article, but it's way better than my first try. So, um, and you know what? You tried really hard. And I tried that's really what counts. hard. That's yep. what counts. I tried really hard, guys. Um, so content. I, I actually haven't read the whole thing yet because it is so long. It's and so they did a they did a pop up in the middle, and I was like, oh, I gotta I gotta get back to work. Um, so I'm curious now to go read it. You um, should read it. I would really like to know, especially since you're speaking on my behalf. So I wonder how I look in this in this yeah. story. Yeah, <laughs> you feature prominently in the story, so you should probably go read yeah. it. <laughs> I love reading things about myself. I don't know why I stopped. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Well, good job on powering through. Backlinks are important. And That's right. We have like 700 writing. BTW. Wow. I know because of all the podcasts I did too. Remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, I did like yeah, a whole yeah, bunch yeah. of podcasts. So yeah. Anyway, awesome week. Awesome week. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. in the right direction. The end is in sight. Well, the beginning is in the sight. The beginning is in sight. The beginning yeah. is in sight. All right. Anything else? Nope. That's it. All right. See ya. Bye.